Welcome to Beyond Infinity, Piers Cunningham and John Young with you today. John is going to talk about a new phone from Google. It's the Pixel 5. It's good timing because there has been a bunch of new phones released by Apple in recent times. They had their annual, albeit delayed because of COVID and uh, issues with production and so on, I believe. But uh, mm. they did they did have their uh, kind of an interesting presentation from Tim Cook and other people at Apple because it wasn't done with, a, with an audience. It was just a, a series of, of presentations without an audience. But it's good timing to hear about the Pixel 5, John. Yeah, it was. Um, it's only just really been released globally, so that's October of 2020, and it was one that I had been, I guess, certainly keeping my um, my eye on because, you know, as you know, and I've spoken about many times on the show, I had the Pixel Two, and I got that a few years ago, and I knew at the start of this year that, um, even towards middle of last year, that it was time to change or upgrade just based on the battery performance of the old device. When the Pixel 4 came out, so last year's model, I was actually really underwhelmed. I was significantly disappointed. I think we even did a podcast on the, the, the specs of the Pixel 4. And I guess two main reasons why I didn't like that device was, one, it got rid of the fingerprint sensor, which used to be on the back. There was like your index finger, you'd pr- press it on the middle top back. There was no in-screen or alternate fingerprint reader. It was either back to that old school kind of pattern or number. But the main unlock was actually the face unlock they'd gone down that path as well and i wasn't a huge fan of that one so that was one of the, the big things and the other factor was the battery and the reports were that the battery was just terrible it was barely struggling to get through a full day so uh, at that time i said no, not interested and i held out and i got to i think uh well it was early part of this year is um, maybe march april and i really needed to start looking at um, upgrading a phone now as regular listeners will know, I have already done that. Um, I've got the Oppo Find X2 Pro. We've already got a you know partial review. We'll do a future one or a full review at a future podcast. But we've already got some information up on beyondinfinity.com.au about my current device. But I'm still sort of keeping an eye on the new Pixel range because this is supposed to be Google's offering. What can you do with that phone is is kind of the why Pixel is creating this line and why they went down the, the Pixel line. You know, they're excellent in the software and that's where they do a lot of the, the imaging processing really well. I mean, that's why you would probably, probably the number one reason why you're looking at a Pixel device. It's the camera. I mean, they compete really with a um, an iPhone or the Samsungs and, you know, not for the same price. I mean, it's much cheaper to get a Pixel but it does fall down in other areas. And um, this, look, this phone itself, the new Pixel 5, it has brought back the f- fingerprint unlock, which is good to see. Okay. They've, done a, they've done away with the, the face unlock. But they had this, this sort of sensors in the top, and you could actually, in the previous version, so in Pixel 4, you had these sensors where you could wave your hand over the top and it might flick through a song. It was more a gimmick. It was a it was way like to gestures, test something. Touch-free gestures. Yeah, that's right. And mm-hmm. it never really went anywhere. 
It needed developers to develop it. I think Google thought maybe other phones would start picking it up and incorporate it, but it, it just hasn't. Maybe that will come back in a few years, but for the time being, that's been removed. What that's it's meant interesting, is that- isn't it? They would do that because that seems to be well. The argument in favour of, of Face ID is that it's it's actually. Uh, I think it's apparently one in a million chance of sort of breaking it. So in other words, your your face is even more secure than your fingerprint as a way of securing your phone and therefore your data. But that's not to say that fingerprint sensors are bad at all. I mean, they're still widely used. And I think the Oppo phone that we've got a review from, and you mentioned before, that's got both an underscreen sensor, fingerprint sensor, as well as the face ID. So that's right. Very, yes. I think really interesting and significant that, that Google would move away from that. Yeah. And look, I think it's also just to actually um, make more room for the screen itself. So this is an OLED display. And uh, so the previous, the Pixel 4 was a 5.7 inch display, but the new one, the Pixel 5 is going up to six inches and it's a similar size actual body as well. So that extra little bit size screen is actually the result of taking out some of that hardware that they had in at the very top. Now, they've also taken out the speakers on the uh, Pixel 5 and they've replaced that with a sort of a, a vibration technology through the screen. So okay. ra- rather than having a speaker grill thing like you see, like mine, my Oppo phone has got this thin grill on the top corner bezel, but the Pixel 5 phones actually have a vibration mode. Now, that actually does cause degraded kind of sound when you're using it more in a stereo mode, when you listen to it on, I guess, loudspeaker, if you can still call it that. Mm-hmm. So that is a bit of a downside. But it does get the second thing which was important to me as mentioned before is the battery and so it is an increase so last year's model the pixel 4 had a 2800 milliamp hour battery this year it has a 4080 milliamp hour battery so a significant jump up on that and what that means is you should easily get a full day's use out of it and some of the early reports are saying that you can probably get two days of moderate usage I doubt that's the case. I think in real world, once you've installed your apps and you've got your Wi-Fi running and you know searching for signals, etc., it's probably still a day. But at this stage, people are saying up to two days. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Now it does come. The new Pixel Five does come with a 90 hertz refresh rate, so that's that's up from the the previous models, which means when you scroll through the page or if you're playing a game or watching a video it's actually a little bit smoother Mm. so it doesn't look as jaggy or jumpy sometimes when i scrolled on the pixel 2 for example and especially now if i look back at it you definitely notice jumpiness of the display Mm. compared to with my oppo which is the 120 hertz you know that silky smooth buttery smooth which is really nice and they've also increased from the Pixel 4 to the Pixel 5, they've gone from 6 gigabytes to 8 gigabytes of RAM, which is good. Which is, which is heaps. Yeah, yeah heaps. heaps. I mean, a standard feature is Wi-Fi charging, which a lot of the phones are coming with these days. Uh, mm-hmm. So it has that on an aluminium body, which is interesting. It also has a reverse wireless charging. So this means if you have you know, headphones that uh, and a little case wireless headphones that you require or, or can utilize wireless charging, you can turn your phone over, you can put your headphones on the back of your phone and the phone itself will then recharge your headphones. Which is terrific. So, yeah, that's a great advantage. And the other thing which I think you, uh, I'm sure you're going to come to is the 5G capability of the Pixel 5. And the benefit also that you can do is you can tether other devices that aren't 5G and get 5G speeds from the 5G phone, which is kind of cool. That's right. Yeah. It's a way of getting 5G across all your older devices. 
Well, now that you know, so many people are working from home these days, or perhaps they're working in a outside of their normal office uh, on the go. It's good to have that hotspot capability, which look most phones have it these days. But yep. having a device that is a five G and then be able to share that uh, connectivity it can certainly help. I mean, you can connect your tablet, your, your laptop when you're on the go, and uh, and get super fast speeds, provided you're in a five G area. I mean, I've tested that in on my Oppo phone in various locations. Mm-hmm. And it is dependent on sort of the line of sight or where the towers are because I can go from having a reasonable download speed when I'm behind trees or next to buildings to having, you know, extremely fast downloads when I'm in the line of sight or, or you know, can see the tower itself. So That's interesting, it, it, isn't it? It, uh, it depends on where you are with that signal, yeah. It's because it's a, it's a smaller, uh, smaller waveform, so therefore it, um, you know, high frequency, but that also means that it can bounce off objects much easier than when it's a longer waveform and, uh, and then sort of travel through those. Is that a sort of a real shortcoming of 5G, that it's not going to penetrate buildings, it's going to have more interference, it's going to require a direct line of sight to the tower? Is that, is yeah. that a drawback? Well, to get the high speeds, yeah. So if you want the pristine, if you've got the, the best performing smartphone with 5G and you've not got other apps running or downloads happening and you want to test your 5G, the best thing you can do is have the direct line of sight at a 5G tower. Because hmm. if you are inside a house or behind a brick wall or where trees are surrounding or there's objects in the way, then that signal can be degraded you may still get a really good signal depending on what objects are in the way but it will be somewhat degraded with things in the way and we see that a little bit anyway when you're inside with say a 4g or a 3g sometimes you might have to go to one corner of your house which performs better than another area of the house it just it 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 depends on what objects are in the way and that's look that's the same for wi-fi um in, in my house as well if it has to travel through a few walls then that signal does degrade so i think it becomes more relevant for the 5g because the signal is high energy i guess it you know a smaller waveform um, in there so so look it's good to see this offering once maybe you would have called a pixel device a flagship for a company and to a degree this is a flagship for google but i wouldn't necessarily call it a a leading phone it's not a top tier phone it's more of that mid-range phone and that sort of comes down to with you know with the price when you can look at the Google Store at the moment, and the Pixel 4 is a little bit over $1,000, and that's still, that's so last year's model is a th- bit over $1,000. Yeah. You can pick up the Pixel 5 right now for $999, so $1,000 from the Google Store, and I know a lot of the big retailers as well. We're talking Australian dollars here. So okay. that's we're good, talking... And that's a reasonable cost to get a 5G device with an amazing camera. I mean, that's one thing that um, Google does well is with the camera technology. They were hammered a little bit last year because in the Pixel 4, there was a telephoto lens and people sort of thought, well, hang on, why do I really want that telephoto? Because they didn't have an ultra wide. So now what they've done is they've gotten rid of the telephoto and the Pixel 5, they've got the ultra wide. So there's a benefit now. That means just you can get more in the photo and with their you know post-processing capability, you can actually get an amazing image. That really is one of the things that, that Google is known for. If you want a great photo for a reasonable price phone, 
then Pixel 5 would definitely be the one to, to be looking at at the, the moment. Pr- the price point, I actually assumed that the page I was looking at was in US dollars because I could see that $999 and I'm on the store of Google. Uh, but uh, you've checked that that's actually in Australian currency. That yeah, that's right. Which that's is, a, right. I mean, to get a smartphone like this of this caliber with uh, the kind of chipset it's got, the eight gig of RAM, the Qualcomm Snapdragon seven six five G. That uh, now that I'll, I'll come back to that in a minute. Five G. It's 128 gigabytes of storage with eight gigabytes of RAM and those other features that I mentioned. Which is kind of bucks. the right amount yeah. of storage, isn't it? It's not too little. 64 can be sort of on the low side these days with the kind of apps that people are running and the software, the, the operating system and so on. So 128, is a, it's kind of a sweet spot, especially if you've got cloud backup as well. And that's what Google offers. They've got their, definitely got the cloud backup offering, mm-hmm. which you know I use the Google Photos. I mean, I'm part of the Google system. So I'm using Google Photos as my backup method and it can back up the full size image and then if I need to I can uh, clear images of my phone but I've got on my Oppo phone I've got so much storage I don't need to worry at the moment yeah now the Google phones come in two colors there's kind of this sage greeny kind of color and also black there Mm. are other models I'm not going to sort of talk today about the other Google you know release offerings I thought this was the main one to to worry about Mm. it is a, a reasonably big device dimensions of 144 by 70 millimeters and eight mil thick and around about 150 grams in weight you know aluminium and and glass is is the materials now we you touched upon the processor and Mm. i just wanted to highlight that it's actually more of a mid-range processor so they definitely haven't gone a top tier processor I mean, last year's one in the Pixel 4, they were using the Snapdragon 855. In my Oppo phone, I've got the newer version 865. I know they're now sort of working on the the better chips, but the 865 is kind of seen as the one, sort of the best sort of chip at the moment for the Mm -hmm. most consumer phones. Mm -hmm. This Pixel 5 has got a 765G Qualcomm Snapdragon CPU. So mostly that is okay. It's certainly not up to the same speeds. It's I think some people claim it's about half the kind of processing speed power as the 865 can provide. So really, by the sound of things, when you're talking about the level of processor of CPU that it's running, is this Google's flagship phone or not? Well, you could you can say on the one hand that yes, because it is the, the best, most powerful phone at the moment, in, or the newest phone that, that Google has brought out for 2020. So you could say yes, technically it is their flagship device, but really when you put it up against other companies it doesn't even sit in what i would even deem flagship territory they've really targeted the the mid-range consumer uh, with this because i think what they realize is they can't compete with the samsung's and the apples up at that top tier they can on software for sure and if you really want a paired back android experience if you want android 11 which is the latest google offering for android which is that you know that the original operating system that, that they, they push out, well, sure, then you can u- use that. And that, that is attractive. I do like that. Um, but if you want extra features and functionality, then you'd be looking elsewhere. Um, I would, would be looking at Samsung and Oppo, OnePlus, other phones. Yeah, yeah, because you've mentioned this in the past that those Samsung, for example, takes the basic kind of raw version of, of Android and then sweetens it and adapts it so it's you know adds its own little customized changes to the android software whereas if you buy a google pixel you're just getting the basic unaltered version of android that correct 
That's right. And it's a lot to do with how the manufacturers, the hardware manufacturers, create their cameras, for example, or the other hardware components of it, that the Android software needs to interact with that. So if you have a an amazing camera, but then you're just running Google's photo software, it may not work well. Like it might get okay results, but it's not going to get pixel quality results. So they need to go in and they need to modify the code to actually then utilize all the features of a maybe a higher performing camera, you know, maybe multiple lenses. And so that's why they take it, they put their own twist on it. I mean, with my Oppo, I'm using Color OS, and I think that's, I've got version 8. They're going to actually move it to then version 11 soon. They get the numbers in line with Android. And then there are a number of differences that, you know, going from the original operating system of Android through to this, that I can definitely see there's changes, but it works. As I mentioned, I'll do a full review on my phone at some other point, but I am happy with the skin that is provided by Oppo for this. So it just depends on what that manufacturer wants, what the company needs to add on to the, the main system to make it usable for their devices, for sure. I must say, it's a, it's a good-looking phone, and it actually reminds me quite a lot of the iPhones, and even the new ones. I mean, the new iPhones have actually got a sort of a squared-off edge, more like the Series 4 iPhones, whereas mm-hmm. these ones have got a rounded edge, and they've got the slightly wraparound OLED screen, which the uh, previous iPhone 11 models had. But just a nice, elegant, fairly simple design, you know, I mean, I actually think for the money, this is a pretty good phone, really. And I think that this is what they're doing is they're sort of saying, okay, well, where's our best sort of spot to be in the market? You know, we can we want to really go high end because I mean, if you buy a top of the line max size iPhone 12 Pro, you know, you're, you're over two grand, you know, depending yes. on the amount of memory you get. It's a lot of money. I mean, you, you could buy a really good laptop as well as one of these Pixel 5s and still have 5G and terrible that's right so So I, i would recommend it for somebody that's looking for a budget device which is packed full of good software features i wouldn't say that the hardware is amazing i mean if you're going to take rapid photos a lot of photos in quick succession then the processor not being as premium what you might find is it may slow down. It, what it might do is take an extra second to do the post-processing to save to the phone. So this is where it depends on what's your use case. If you're a, a moderate average user of a device and you just need it for phone call, social media, a little bit of video watching and some basic gameplay, then this is actually a pretty good device to get. You don't need to spend all that crazy extra money on buying a flagship, whether it be an Apple or a Samsung or one of the others. This device could serve you certainly well. And you also, look, you get the benefit of all of the security updates straight away when they're ready from Google and also you get the latest operating system. So this will be supported by the new models or new versions of the operating system for at least two more generations. So that means that it's released with Android 11, but it will at least get 12 and 13 and probably 14 and maybe 15 depending on you know how long you need it for. So it's good to see a new release. Had I waited until this was released before I made a decision, I think I still would have made the same choice that I've already made, which is the Oppo phone. Yes, it's around $500 more expensive, but I'm definitely getting more features that that me as more of the power user is getting. But if I was not looking for all those extra features, I think Pixel 5 might have been the top, top phone on my list. Well, interesting you say that, John. I've been looking with interest at the new range of iPhones. And again, you sort of have this issue where you kind of go, well, is it really worth upgrading? The phone I've got's fine. The phone I'm, I'm using, which is a, uh, an 8 Plus, they came out in September 
2017. So it's three-year-old technology, but I think my one I actually got in early 2018. So it's not quite three years old. I find myself asking, you know, really, is this worth spending the money on? Is my old phone going to be noticeably improved on if I make this purchase? Always nice to get the new one, but but sometimes hard to justify when the phone you've got is pretty good. And, and you know, let's face it, I mean, a lot of phones these days, you can happily get three years out of them without needing to change the battery. It depends on what you do. If you're a really hardcore user, then, you know, you might find the battery needs replacing. But, but often... Um, I've actually never replaced a battery in a in a phone, but I've been told by friends who've had battery problems they just swapped, swapped over the battery and it's like their phone's gone back to new. You know, mm-hmm. so look, lots of options. Thank you for that review. The Pixel Five for nine hundred ninety nine Australian dollars, a really good sweet spot price for this device to get that really nice looking OLED display. You know, all the the new phones are coming out and the whole of that iPhone twelve range from the base model right through to the pros, they're all using OLED screens now. That's a a big change from what they've had in their previous lineup. So I imagine OLED's going to just basically become the standard that all smartphones have these days. Thanks for listening. We'd love for you to review us on iTunes. It's a great way to let others know if you've liked our podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Beyond Infinity RPPFM on Facebook or Infinity RPP on Twitter.